0: This is SoCal
1: Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Southern California Live. It's going to be with you every single weekday. From 3 to 5, we take a look at the issues of the day, the things that are in our news, and we look at them from a Christian perspective. And often what we do is we have to take a look at some of the things that are, are very difficult and uh, sometimes kind of frightening and, uh, and sad, frankly. But really talk about how we can take those things and turn our hearts to Christ and not have fear. And also to protect ourselves. And we live in this crazy, dangerous world. You might be familiar with the story that is coming out about uh, the young girl who was, it's called catfished. And what that means is that she was duped into a relationship online, a 15-year-old girl duped into a relationship online with somebody pretending to be somebody else and uh, it turns out that this person was uh, a psychopath, as they often are, and uh, drove from Virginia to Riverside and tried to kidnap her on Thanksgiving Day and got caught by some people in the family, murdered the family, burned the house down, and uh, took off with her. And if it wasn't for a neighbor who called the police might have uh, taken this girl and gotten away with it or done something uh, even more horrible. They were eventually caught by the police and the the perpetrator was was killed by the police. And uh, the story is something that is shocking, but it's something that is important for us to recognize. This can happen to anybody in any neighborhood at any time, and it's happening all the time. Imagine how many places this is going on and nothing terrible has happened yet, or the person has failed to do anything, or they decided not to do it. I think this is happening all the time and uh, the, a, a woman who is the uh, aunt of the girl who was uh, kidnapped. The girl is okay. She's in protective custody now, but she's lost her mom, uh, and uh, she lost her grandparents, and it's a terrible story. This is Michelle Blandin. She is the daughter and sister of the uh, deceased and the aunt of the victim girl.
2: In this tra- Can we
1: turn on my clips? Hey, Wilbert, can we do clip number one? All right, we'll get. Can I do clip number one? Hold on, just a second. We ready? There we go. Here we go.
2: In this tragic moment of our family, our grief, we hope some good will come from this. Parents, please, please know your child's online activity. Ask questions about what they are doing and whom they are talking to. Anybody can say they're someone else, and you could be in this situation, which I do not want for the world.
1: She gave a very emotional, that was Michelle Blandon. She is the daughter and sister of a young girl who was 15 and got into a relationship online with somebody pretending to be someone her age, somebody nearby, uh, who actually was a uh, police officer, 28 years old, from Virginia, who drove all the way across the country on Thanksgiving week to a uh, kidnapper. And it's a horrifying story. It sounds like something terrible that would happen in a movie, but this is for real. And these kinds of things are happening more and more often. What do we do about it? Here's a question for you, and you can give us a call. And I'd really like to hear what you're doing. How are you protecting your kids online? What are you doing to, to be aware of what your kids online activities actually are. And I'm a dad of a 13-year-old and a 10-year-old. And we're at this place where we have to give some more tools and more freedom. They need things for school and they need to do a little bit more. And I'm trying to catch up. One of the hard things I think about this world today, the number, by the way, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. One of the things that is hard for me as a dad right now is to put the, put together the right tools so that I, I know what's going on. And I was a kid. I know that you hide things from your parents. You know, I have a sister. We were very different. I was very good at hiding stuff from my parents. I didn't get into too many terrible things, but I I never told them. There's stuff I'm telling them now and I'm much older and I probably shouldn't even tell them now. My sister would just tell them and get in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Kids are pretty good at hiding it. And as good as we are as parents, Uh, At figuring it out, I think when they get older, you know, as you did when you got older, you knew uh, how to get away with it. You know, they're little kids; it's it's awfully hard for them to get away with it. You know exactly what they're going to do. But when they're older, they're a little wiser. There was this there was this uh, ringtone. I think it probably still exists that you download. And the thing is, is that the ringtone is this really high pitched noise that only a young person's ears can hear. And that if you're over a certain age, the likelihood that your hearing has declined enough that you won't be able to hear it. Um, that just exists for most people. And so, kids for a while were downloading this ringtone that was just this high pitch that they could hear clearly because they have young ears. But older people and older, like what, 35, 40, I don't know how old it is before you start to not be able to hear it, uh, can't hear it. And it's, you know, there's something that is very nefarious about the fact that that's even developed and it's out there, right? So our kids are going to go to some links. And maybe if you're listening and you're a kid, you want to call up and you want to just share the secrets? You might be helping save somebody's life if you do that. 888-528-2557. What do we do to protect our kids online? What are some tools that you've used that have been helpful? And also, what are some relational tools that are helpful for you? Meaning that, you know, you don't want to get into a place where you're just hovering over every single thing. I think our kids deserve... Uh, an opportunity to be trusted and to to have, you know, freedom. But you've got to have the relationship to be close enough to them to know if something bad is going on and to have the conversation if our kids get into something bad online, which they're going to. And I think that's one of the other things that is so hard today is that – and hard for parents and maybe especially hard for grandparents if you're involved at that level with your grandkids – and about 12% of you are, about 12% of kids are being raised by grandparents today. So many of you listening who are grandparents, you're the one raising the kids today. And I think it's even harder because you're that much further down the tracks on wherever you, you, you know, the train is that much further off on, down the tracks from whenever it was you got off the technology train. Kids, they know instantaneously what the new thing is. How do we stay on top of it as parents? This terribly sad story, Michelle Blandon went on. The number, by the way, is 888-528-2557 if you want to share what you're doing. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Michelle Blandon went on this way. She said this, describing the incident.
2: This horrific event started with an inappropriate online romance between a predator and a child. We have some solace that this person will never (coughs) harm anyone again, especially a minor. But we also want to make it very clear that we do not applaud his death. This was an adult that traveled across the country to kidnap a 15 year old girl, my niece, our niece, our family member, with the idea to kidnap her and kill and devastate our family he took an oath to protect and yet he failed to do so instead he preyed on the most vulnerable
1: we cannot turn our 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 eyes and ears from these kinds of stories even though they're horrible because they just keep happening and we need to be involved with our kids and to be helping each other out how do you protect your kids? How do you keep our kids safe? Do you know even do you even know what your kids are doing online? Do you do you know or do you just think you know? That's where I ask myself all the time. Do I think I know what my kids are doing online? I know it doesn't take as long as my kids say it takes to do their homework when they're doing it on a computer. I know they're doing other things. They're listening to music, they're watching YouTube stuff, they're really into memes, they're into all kinds of stuff. And sometimes they'll show me. They're like, Dad, yeah, this is hilarious. You know, and uh and they're watching My boys like to just watch, you know, funny stuff. And sometimes they're over there supposed to be doing homework, but they're cracking up. And I'm like, you know what? The history class you're in is not that funny. And uh, I know what's going on. You know, so I'm trying to be aware. But how do you actually know? What are some things that you've discovered that you didn't know your kids were into or had access to that you were shocked? And this is hard, right? I mentioned the other day that I decided to download one of those popular virtual friend apps that uh, so many young people are using. And I learned something right away. And if you were listening, I went through this in the process. And so I, the virtual friend is, is just basically a, um, a computer that's learning how to have conversations with you, okay? But it's super well-programmed. And what's happening is that millions of people are using it and having conversations with this, this computer. And as they're doing that, the computer is learning how to have conversations about all kinds of topics, okay? Now, you can pick to be a friend or you can pick someone to be a mentor, and by someone, I'm not even talking about a real person here. I'm just talking about a computer, all right? Now, there's real people programming the computers, and I imagine there's some real engineers who are trying to string together the the conversations in such a way. But ultimately what's happening is the program is learning because of so many people using it, learning how to speak. And you can also have a romance on there. You can pick someone to be a boyfriend or girlfriend and have that kind of discussion. And I, I got curious about it. I thought, what a, you know, Is there anything about it that I should know? So I shared this story the other day. I downloaded it and I put in, I just want a friend. And I put in just sort of generic things, you know, that we would talk about. Well, the crazy thing is um, I decided, well, the friend I'm going to pick is female. Because I wondered, I wondered if it's going to, you know, turn that direction. You know, is it going to be platonic or is it going to be more than friends? Right. And, you know, maybe like real life that way. It took four things for me to just say before the the avatar, okay, this this computerized, not real person, asked me if I wanted any spicy pics, and that's where it was. So I was doing this on the air the other day, and I said, well, I got to stop now because now I got to bring my wife into this. I'm not going to click yes, no, or say anything uh, without Christy knowing because, you know, we're going to be open about those things. So I, I took it home, and I didn't tell the story yet. And I kind of thought this is a joke. This is something that probably kids are using, and it's going to be a picture of, you know, a jalapeno pepper or something like that. Ah, spicy pics. And so I I said something like, why would you send me that? And Christy was there with me. And then I said, what do you mean? And it gave me this picture. And here's what this app did. It was a fuzzy picture. Okay. But it was sort of, Sharpening and then getting fuzzy, sharpening and getting fuzzy. And what it was was a digital picture. very clear what it was. A digital picture of a digital person, this person in her underwear or wearing a bikini or some kind of uh provocative outfit. And I was stunned. Now what they want is to to actually see the picture, you gotta pay seventy dollars. If you want romance or you want mentoring, so you're gonna get mentored from a computer that doesn't know anything. Um, you pay $70. So part of what is happening is they're trying to get $70. Otherwise it's free. But I thought, I'm only four steps into this and you're already doing something provocative. You're already talking about pics. And then as I continued, it wanted pictures of me and it wanted access to my phone and it wanted access to the my phone's micro uh, microphone. Now this is not a real person here. Okay. This is a pretend person. And I am horrified by this. Christy and I are are horrified by this. And I remember thinking, you know, and what I've been thinking really since then, and maybe I just don't know, is this whole thing about sending pictures, like in in my day, you know, you you were a psycho if you were doing that. You know, run, run the other way. No one's doing this. It was a weirdo thing to do. It would be harassment. But now I'm wondering... If you're a younger person, is that normal behavior now to send you know probably it's normal I suppose to uh, if you met somebody online if it was a real person to send pictures i don't know it's just completely bizarre that it's just this imaginary person, and this is how I think we value each other in society we're we're objects to each other essentially, so whatever picture you're sending you're probably one way or the other presenting something if you're not presenting yourself in a provocative way. You're presenting yourself in a way that, hey, if this turns out, maybe it can be provocative later. I think that's a part of it. So I'm hearing this story now of what happened in Riverside, and it's not a computer behind it. It's a real person, right? So what I downloaded for free that was already turning into something sexual, that was just a computer that is something that kids are addicted to, all right, today, Um, what this young girl in Riverside got connected with was a real guy. Okay, so somebody who was a, a fake person, but a real person, you know, and people today, they put so much information on their social media about themselves, that it's not hard to learn things about themselves. One time I was on a, on a flight. I got too many stories about this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Thurrow. Your host, the number is 888-528-2557. And I'm asking the question, what do you do to protect kids? How do you, what do you do to find out? to understand what your kids are doing online. I'm telling you the story about this app because I'm just learning about it. And I'm nervous how many kids know about this and what are they into that I wouldn't even imagine they were into. I was sitting next to this uh, person on a plane and um, we had this conversation about how dangerous things are. And she said that uh, she hasn't put much online. And I said, I don't know you. I don't know anything about you except what you've told me in this conversation. I said, I bet I can figure out exactly who you are and where you live before we land this flight. And she said, no, you can't. And I said, I bet I could. And in our conversation, she had told me what school she went to and that she was, I forget if she was a cheerleader or if she was on the, what's the, the, the team that marches around with the flags and the batons, you know, that drill team. Is that what it is? Yeah. I typed in, uh, her first name. I knew that. And those two things, and it took me less than 30 seconds to actually know what town she's from and only a couple of minutes more to get her address. It was, and this was a while ago, right? So this was something very simple to do. That's the world we live in today. And they're coming after kids. They're coming after kids in the worst way. What are we doing to protect our kids? What are you doing to learn these things? 888-528-2557, Ted in Los Angeles. Welcome to SoCal Live.
3: Right, Scott, Ted City of the Angels. Um
1: just wanted to compare the situation to
3: what are our, our hospitals doing? They're allowing our minors to go have a sex change without uh their parents' consent. A person that's underage that can't even buy a legal drink. This is a much bigger picture than just what this police officer did who disgraced the police department. Is uh, you know, uh what is our country doing? They're taking away our children. And they're getting in trouble like this, which is costing everybody uh, to be potentially killed like her family.
1: Yeah, it's a terrible so just, thing. And and I think you're right that it is it is connected. It's the same thing, right? It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the same thing where we are attacking kids. We're finding ways to get the parents out. I guess what I'm getting at for this uh, program today is what do we as parents do about it? So what are the tools that we can have? And there are some tools out there. I'll share some of them here. Uh, in a couple of moments. But what do we do to realize, number one, that this is going on? And uh, what do we do to get on top of it? Because I don't think it's getting better until we are very, very active. Uh, Ted, thanks for your call and calling Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. Do you do anything at your home for your kids for uh, figuring out what's online? Do you just block the internet? Do you... um, have software on your kid's phone or in your internet at home that tells you where they're going. I think it's bigger than that because I think you can do that at home. You can block your internet at home and do all of that, but then they can go to a friend's house um, and get internet over there. That's where, you know, a lot of people get in trouble, right? Um, What are you doing about this? 888-528-2557. Is it something that is maybe just too frightening to think about? Or do we say sometimes, "Well, my kids would never do something like that." I think every parent wants to say that. I think that some of us as parents we're a little bit too, um, we're too much wanting to be our kids' friend and not their parent, or we have a, a view of our kids that is uh, not really human, right? Used to at our church, we used to have a preschool. And uh, we used to joke because parents would come in and drop their kid off at the preschool and they'd pull the teacher aside and say, you know, my kid is uh, special. Uh, They're so far ahead and all this stuff. And uh, they're three years old, but I think that maybe they should already start kindergarten and they're so smart and they're a genius and they're the next Elon Musk or whatever they would say. And then we would say, well, they're in the right school because every one of our kids is special in this way. And what we really meant to say, you know, what we're really saying is, no, your kid's a three-year-old, just like everybody else, um, <laughs> you know. But there were, it was amazing how many parents thought that their kid was so far and above, better behaved, smarter, you know, all of these different things. And I, I think we want to think that about our kids, right? We want to think those kinds of things. But um, you know, there's the opposite. There's some, you know, parents are like, no, my kid's kind of dumb. Well, you don't want to be that that guy either, but. How do we realistically take a look at our our kids, and especially as they're getting older and into electronics and other stuff? How do we take some time to be aware of the dangers that are out there? The dangers are just getting worse and worse, and we cannot be we can't be away from them. And the government's not helping. Ted's call is is right. The government right now is allowing twelve year olds to do medical procedures that you're not allowed as a parent to know anything about. And to have conversations that you aren't allowed to know anything about there's some you know some reason for that this is some kids are in abusive households, and uh they need to be able to to talk about things. I get that, but most kids are not in that situation, and what's happening I'll never forget it the The moment I found out that was true, where my kid turns twelve, James turns twelve. And uh, the pediatrician pulls us out of the room and says, you need to know that your child is 12 years old and has the right to have a private conversation with me and you no longer have access to his medical records here in California. Did you know that that's true, parents? That is true. What are you doing to know your kids well enough to have their relationship be strong enough where you're going to know if something is going on? It's a hard question, isn't it? It's really hard. Would you share those things? Maybe you've had some discovery on your own where you've really been able to help your kid or some other kid or maybe in youth group. I got to tell you what, in church youth groups, youth directors are saving kids' lives all the time because of this kind of stuff. Because there's a lot more openness, you know, in the youth group and that kind of environment. And you're they're with their friends and things. And sometimes things you don't tell your parents, you tell your youth person. And you have to be on top of it. We created like a parent guide for a youth group one time, and that guide was depressing. I'll tell you that. It just was but it's so necessary in the world today to know these things. The number is 888-528-2557, 528 2557 If you can't get to the phone, you can send me an email, socallive at kkla.com. When we come back, I'll give you some of those tools and some ways to go about it, and uh, we'll talk about some other things culturally going on uh, with our kids, some updates there. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812.
2: Please, parents, guardians, when you are talking to your children about the dangers of their online actions, please use us as a reference. Tell our story to help your parenting, not out of fear, but out of example of something that did happen.
1: That was Michelle Blandon, and she is the daughter and sister of uh, the people who were killed on Thanksgiving because a young teenage girl was what's called catfished by a man from Virginia who pretended to be somebody else online, developed an inappropriate relationship with the young girl, came all the way from Virginia to California to kidnap her on Thanksgiving, got caught by the family. He killed them, burned the house down, and uh, took off with her. And uh, luckily, a neighbor caught on to all of this, called the police, and eventually he was killed. The the um The perpetrator was killed in a shootout with police. The young girl is alive and in protective custody. And Michelle is her aunt. And she's reminding us to use their story to realize that these things actually happen. And what we've been talking about is how do we be more aware? Are there tools that you've used, things that you can, some advice that you can give to help parents or grandparents be more aware of what is going on with their kids in social media, on the internet, in, in different things that are going on. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. And if you want to share those stories, there's a lot of tools out there. I mean, I'm going through these a lot. I'll share with you from time to time as I go through and we kind of make some decisions as a family and what kinds of things work because we've got 13 years old and 10 years old. My, uh, my kids don't have a phone yet. And I don't know if there's a lot of ten-year-olds with a phone. There's probably some, uh, but there are a lot of thirteen-year-olds with a phone. And uh, my son is the one without the phone. <laughs> and he might—he says, "Oh, I think I'm the only one. I'm the only one in the class without a phone." And you know, I want to say, "Nah, you're not the only one." There's probably two people in your class with a phone. No, it turns out he is the only one without a phone. And it turns out that there is even stuff that for school sometimes that you got to do on a phone. That's harder to do these days. So it's becoming a tool that is even necessary for kids to have. And yet there are so many things that are dangerous to get into on a smartphone. Well, when I was a kid, you know, when I think of the dangerous things that I did, it wasn't something that I would have with me all the time, right? When I, the things that, gosh, probably the most dangerous thing I remember doing as a young kid is I used to ride my bike out in the middle of the desert. And I would be all by myself, you know, in some desert area going off jumps and jumping over ravines and things. And I remember one time I tried to jump over this ravine, evil Knievel style, and uh, I didn't make it. And I landed and on the way down, the seat fell off on my uh, my bicycle and I hit pretty hard in a sensitive area uh, on the post coming up. And I just laid there in the ravine thinking I'm going to die here. And I don't know, I was 12 years old or something. And um I, uh, it took me quite a while to lay there and realize I was probably not going to die. And I th- I've thought about that since I thought my parents wouldn't have a clue where I was. Because in those days, you just took off on your bike and you try to get home for dinner time, And uh, maybe that's even what parents wanted back then. But, so there were some dangerous things. But there wasn't too much danger maybe until I got into high school with people offering me drugs or running into the wrong crowd at a park or something. Now this happens all the time. That's happening with, with, you know, in real life, with the, you know, in person, with the drugs and you meet people in the park and we've seen this with the fentanyl deaths and some other things. But now it can just happen online. It can happen in your own house that our kids may not be safe even in the same room with us as they're typing away on their phone and they're chatting with a friend and you just assume it's a friend. Is this a conversation that's just hard to hear? That's just hard to, to track with? I think it is, but we've got to have it. We, we can't ignore this, and I think it is getting getting harder. You know, there are some tools out there. One of our ministry partners here is Focus on the Family, and if you go to their website, focusonthefamily.com, click on the Parenting uh, uh, tab, there's all kinds of good information on there, some, and not just about the sort of apps and things that you can do, because what I'm finding is I'm dealing with this with my own kids. Is I'm finding these different programs and I've tried some and some have worked and there's one I'm working on right now. It's not really working right. Where it should allow me to be able to figure out what my kids are doing online while they're in my house. And, you know, I'm interested if you do you think that that's going too far as a parent? Do you think parents should uh, leave that alone? Is it kind of like reading your kid's diary? You know, I think as a parent, you have a right to be a parent. It's going on in your house. You want to protect them. And, you know, there's, there's certainly a balance. You could be hovering in such a way that your kid just feels smothered and they, they're going to rebel more likely. Uh, you know, something great about the Focus on the Family site is that it's not just sort of links to some tools here and there. There are blogs and videos and regular discussion on how to actually have conversations with your family. Because I think that's the big thing is to stay connected with your kids. Because I think that you you notice when something is off. Right. If you're connected every day with them, you start to notice if something isn't quite right. And then you say, you know, are you doing okay?" And then they say, yes, dad, or whatever they say, you know, and you realize, okay, he may not want to talk about it right now. But he knows he now knows that I know that something's up and we're aware and maybe there's going to be conversation. Do you have meals together? Breakfast or you know lunch is probably at school and you're probably at work or you're you're not with your family for lunch, but dinner together is there a regular time to do that and just talk, or is it something that's gotten out of control where everybody's at the table and everybody's on their own phone or their iPad and you're sitting together, but you're not together? There are studies about that now where people are so into their screens that Mom and dad and the two and a half kids are in the living room. They're all together, and there's something on the TV, like a movie they decide to watch, but nobody's really paying attention to it, and everybody's got their own screen in front of them. And you're together, but you're not. You're together, but you're chatting with your friends. You're posting things online. You're doing all this other stuff. Part of what you know, we want to do in our show and part of what Focus on the Family does, for example, Focus on the is they give you tools for those relationships because it's really hard. I'm looking at an article here. What parents should know about the metaverse. My kids, they want whatever that machine is that we play the games. The metaverse, it's the virtual reality thing. And I look at it and go, if I do that, I'm going to throw up. I don't know what it is. When my kids, you know, we 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 restrict their time on video games quite a bit, okay, but we let them play some. And I played as a kid. I played all the time as a kid. And uh, you know, I'm a little crazy, but I, it turned out okay. I probably wasted more time than I should have. But you know back then, there wasn't any internet. you couldn't communicate with other people you didn't develop relationships online at all. You had to invite friends over and uh, some of the games now that are kind of you know really big screen and really big world I actually get I actually get sick playing it i can't do it like my body for some reason rejects playing these games and my my boys just laugh at me, and I think if i if I get the virtual reality thing and I put that on i 'm going to throw up. Or I'm going to injure myself because that's the other thing that goes on. People wear the uh the you know, it's the thing with the helmet and you're playing a video game and you've got your hands in in something and what you see is a different reality that you're in. And sometimes people do, they get hurt because they're they, they jump or they punch at something or they start to run and they forget that it's fake and it it changes the mind. I think for sure I'd be injured uh by doing that. But that's where this is going. What are some tools, some things that uh, you have learned that will help you? 888-528-2557. Let's go to William in Fullerton. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi, William.
3: Good, good topic again. Yeah. Uh, I've called before on other things, but sometimes I can't get through, and, and every uh, every topic is sensitive these days.
1: Yeah, they Uh, are. And sometimes we get a lot of calls and sometimes we don't. So I'm glad you got through.
3: Yeah. Um, As far as the, you know, the parents, my situation is I've I've got two grandchildren living with us because their parents are in the wind. Mm. But uh, that's a story for another day. Um, But the, you know, turning into teenagers and... uh, with the one rule we have is, uh, no, no phones at the dinner table. Yeah. Put it away. I, I mean, I, I even tell my 29 year old son, I said, you have to disconnect from the electronics every now and then, and you know, have a real conversation, but, uh, more to the point of what you said earlier about once a kid turns 12, the doctor doesn't have to share his medical information. Yeah with the parents. Yep. That's that's frightening and that's disturbing because uh, on a bunch of fronts which, who which kind of a demonic politician decided that a 12-year-old was old enough to make their own decisions and and exclude parents from anything. Right. Is, it's it's becoming worse and worse and worse and I don't know what to do about it except for uh, try to expose those people from that end. Let me ask you this and, question, uh,
1: William. You said your grandkids are, are with you. How old are your grandkids?
3: Uh, 14
1: and 12. And uh, so you you will bring them to the dinner table? You guys have dinner together? Yeah. And how do they respond when you say you can't bring your phones to the table?
3: Well, they uh, they they're tolerant of it. They have to agree. It's as uh, the 12 year old does not have a phone. Okay. And since we made the mistake of uh, we made the mistake of giving the older uh, sibling uh, a phone a couple of years too early in our estimation, so now we're kind of stuck trying to direct traffic for him. But the 12 year old is. I don't know, uh, suffering in air quotes because he wants a phone Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. not going to do it.
1: Well, I, I wanted to thinking. know because they still yeah. come to dinner, though, like they don't like it that they can't have their phones, but um, they do it, don't they?
3: Yeah, they do. They yeah. do. I mean, parents parents have to have control over their minors. Their minor, they're still a minor until they're 18. Yeah. So the the, the government is complicit in this. This, the the child sex trafficking is is a is a big one that's a red flag.
1: Too. Yeah, there's so uh, many there's so many
3: border stuff.
1: There's so many things, but there's something and I got to take a break here William, but I want people to hear this because I think that there might be people listening who are afraid to tell their 14-year-old you can't bring your phone to the table. And they're afraid that it might break the relationship or you know, there's maybe some tensions there and everybody's situation is different, but you're doing that you're raising your grandkids, and the truth is is he doesn't like it, but he does it right
3: yeah. yeah he doesn't like it, but he does it, but he's you know he's also a teenager, and he's going through all
1: these right, and he doesn't know he why it's good for him, and he probably time. and he probably huffs and puffs and the twelve year old huffs and puffs, but I think what's important, William, is that you're still doing it, and I think that's something that parents need to hear is that we need to be the parent and stop worrying about you know our kids. Uh, having hurt feelings over something that you're doing that genuinely protects them. That yeah. genuinely is. That's part of being a parent. That's part of why you know God gives us the the commandments and gives us the rules because not because we understand all of it, but because He's the parent, and our life is better if we do things the way He says. Uh, William, I appreciate your call. I got to go to a break here in a minute. You're listening to Southern California Live. And uh, when we come back, we'll update you on uh, some other issues related to uh, kids. And uh, you can share your story with us about how you are helping understand what your kids are doing online. Maybe you've got a a story of wisdom like William to share that would help parents just have the confidence uh, to do that. Plus, there is a Bible verse that is the most shared Bible verse of the year. We track that now because of the Internet. What would you guess that is? I'll tell you when we come back. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I will be back as the Thursday edition of Southern California Live continues.
0: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at
3: 213-537-3812.
1: Welcome back everybody, Southern California Live. And uh, we've been talking about how to protect your kids from online things. And uh there's so much in the culture that it really is coming after the kids. We've talked before about what's happening at uh earlier this week we talked to our last week maybe we talked about Disney and how Disney fired their CEO and brought back Bob Iger, who was the previous CEO, who was really overseeing Disney when a lot of the stuff started to head in the direction it's in. And they brought him back. Disney's lost half of its value in uh, the market over the past year, and it's pretty significant. And he was at a gathering of employees, and he said a couple of interesting things uh, when asked, uh, is Disney going to continue to get political on certain things?
2: Many cast members had wished that Disney stayed out of politics. Will Disney stay out of making political statements?
4: You know, I think... Uh, There's a misperception here about what politics is. And I think that some of the subjects that have proven to be controversial as it relates to Disney have been branded political, and I don't necessarily believe they are. I don't think when you are telling stories and attempting to be a good citizen of the world that that's political.
1: One of the things he's trying to do is bring things back to uh, storytelling and less – uh, agenda-driven stuff, but at the same time, by saying it's not political, it's highly political. And that's, in fact, part of the uh, the problem with uh, that Disney's having is that they got involved in politics, and uh, they've lost heavily in that, in the state of Florida anyway. But here's something else he said, where I think maybe they are beginning to understand something. What we said earlier about this is that Disney has lost its way, that the original vision for Disney was... originally for Disneyland, but it also became the theme for the whole corporation and everything that Disney does, the movies and everything else, is that it would be a place for children and parents to have fun. See, that's Walt's vision for Disney, is a place for children and parents to have fun. And the way that Disney has gone off the rails is it's no longer that it's highly corporate and very internalized and very much about we're this and we're that, but not about parents and kids having fun. And when it gets political, let me tell you, or, and when it's pushing a sexual agenda or other, other things onto my kids, it's not fun. And I don't want to be there. I think that message is, is coming through a little bit. Here's what he had to say to that.
2: All right. Another virtual question. What is your stance on the don't say gay
1: situation? The don't say gay situation was the bill that was in Florida. It was called the don't say gay bill, but it really wasn't the don't say gay bill. What it was was we're not going to teach sexual education or sexualized issues to kids from kindergarten through third grade. OK, parents overwhelmingly supported that. And this is where where Disney really stepped in It is they decided to go against the uh, government in Florida. Uh, about that bill that we really ought to be teaching these things to the little kids. Nobody's for this. Parents are not for this. Very few are. And if you are, you probably haven't actually seen the curriculum. i bet you're not for it once you do that. Well, Disney got into that and then they, they lost their agreement with Florida um, where they were able to govern themselves. It's called the Reedy Creek um, area. And they could collect their own taxes. They could use their own energy, all this stuff. Well, they're losing that now. They're going to have to pay taxes and be governed just like every other region in the state. And it's a horrible loss, probably, for Disney. Uh, Iger was asked about that, and he said uh, he didn't know what to do about that yet. It's It's a huge deal. So Disney's in a lot of trouble corporately, and Bob Iger is there to try to bring them back to where they were. What the board said when they fired the CEO was that they're afraid, the Disney board is afraid that the heart and soul of Disney is being lost. And I think that's right. And right here's where Bob is going to say something where I think he's got it.
4: Well, first of all, uh, our LGBTQ employees are very important to us, and we care deeply about them. That is a given. We also, when you tell stories, it's a delicate balance. You're talking to an audience, but it's also important to listen to an audience. It's important to have respect for the people that you're serving, that you're trying to reach and not have disdain for it.
1: I thought it's impre- Im, you know, incredible that he said the word disdain, that Disney has developed disdain for its audience. That, as a parent, as a Disney fan myself, that's how I feel about the Disney Corporation and my kids, that they have disdain for me as a parent. And what I also find interesting is that that word, disdain, that's the same word that a word gets translated in the Bible in the story of David and Goliath, where Goliath looks at David with disdain. That's the word. And I thought, you know, it's, it's something interesting here that maybe as parents, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking that he's seen some market research. For sure, they've done some market research and they've said, why have we lost half of our value? Um, you know, and the theme parks, by the way, are full. Right. So it's not because of theme park revenue. The theme parks are doing okay coming out of COVID. It's the other stuff. It's the movies and, and investors and other stuff. And it is that heart and soul thing where the future of it is probably, hey, you know what? If you actually have disdain for your customers, which are parents of young kids in particular, this company's not going to make it. I think that they know that. This is an area where I think we should realize that you know what speaking out about these things it takes some time but even if you feel like it's david and goliath have no fear speak out anyway uh if you don't like what's happening in um our state with with 12 year olds being able to hide their medical history from their parents you know be sensitive to the fact that there are some reasons for that about abuse and other things i get it but for most parents it is disdainful from the government that they think that my 12-year-old should be able to make major medical decisions on their own when the same state doesn't think they can drive or have a beer or do anything else that is, in many cases, less uh, toxic. Same thing's happening on the Internet, as we've been talking about. Typically, the Internet age is 13. Google sent my son a uh, – my son didn't know he had an email address, but he did. And uh, I'm looking at it, and it went the, on his 13th birthday – he got an email saying, hey, you're 13 now and your parents don't have to know what you're doing. Here's how where you click to uh, disassociate your parents from this email account. 13. He is, he's, what is he? He's, he's 13, 13 years old. Uh, stick with it. What is the number one Bible verse that was uh, downloaded and shared over the internet last year? I can track those things, you know, from the Version Bible app, which I think is the Bible app that probably most people use. You know what it was? Uh, Isaiah 41.10. And it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the verse that people around the world were sharing. What's interesting to me about that verse is not only is it about fear, and I think globally we are... We have a lot of things that we are fearful of. What I think is really interesting is that that verse was not the number one verse last year in 2021, but it was the top verse in 2020. With all of the stuff that happened with the COVID and all the other things in 2020, the same verse about fear was the number one verse being shared. And now in 2022, two years later, even though hopefully we're done with the COVID, Although I just noticed that uh, Los Angeles County is getting ready to make you wear a mask again, maybe as early as uh, as uh, next week. They really should wear the mask. That might be coming. More and more fear. I think people are looking for a way to alleviate that fear. And, you know, we talked about a, a, a fearful subject this hour. It's It's scary what's happening to our kids. And it's scary because I think that in many ways we aren't entirely sure what to do about it. But the best thing that we can do about it, or one of the things that we need to do, is draw closer to the Lord. God is our strength. He is always with us. Do you believe that, or is that just something you hang on your wall? See, I think that we need to believe that, that God is our strength. He is always with us. And even though the culture has disdain for us, and even though there might be disdain coming for us from the government— or disdain from different groups that have political agendas that are not always really in the benefit of even the people they think they're defending. There's a lot of disdain out there. Our job is not to have disdain back, but to make God our strength and to win people over, to continue to fight, to continue to not shy away from even the harder subjects, but to look at those things with wisdom and to trust the Lord, and to not be afraid. You know, Jesus told us not to be afraid. And even though we're going to have news where there's so many things to be fearful of, and there's a bunch, and these are terrible stories that we're talking about right now, and and scary things as a parent or a grandparent, don't be afraid. Trust the Lord. Incidentally, uh, in uh, Ukraine, uh, Bible usage went up 55% in the past year. Uh, That's a good thing. People are going to turn to the Lord in times of distress. And wherever you find yourself, that's what you should do, is turn to the Lord, the living God, who loves you, who sent his son to die for you, who's provided a way for everlasting life, who also promises to give you wisdom. If you're worried about your kids right now, as we have these subjects and we hear things on the news, do what the Bible says. And like James 1 tells you, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it to you generously. Trust the Lord for that and do it. All right, we're out of time for today. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back with you tomorrow from 3 to 5. Have a good night. God bless